0: Hi, welcome to. Going- okay, now you can go. Hi, welcome to going now. off track. <laughs> Hi, welcome to going off track. I'm Jonah. <laughs> yes, I'm you by are. Two juvenile delinquents <laughs> named Stephen and Brad. Uh,
1: yes. You're Hi, right. everybody. <clears throat> I would, I'll admit you're correct. It's good. It's good to be
0: here. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing very well. <laughs> yeah. I don't just make
1: this traffic. drive for just anybody. Yeah. Stephen made the drive in from Jersey. Just for you guys. You may be wondering, why doesn't he do it more often? Yes. Because sometimes if you leave them alone by themselves, the cops show up. It's Twins. not pleasant. Yeah. Because I taught them how to call the cops. That's important. You did? Yeah, you have to. But what's weird is now they have to like, you can't just say grab the phone and hit it. You have to like grab the phone and then slide it and then hit it, you know? Oh, yeah. But I think all phones have to be able to How call do they know?
0: How do They don't have, do they have cell phones? No, no. They know we're yours. They know how to work yours.
1: Yeah. Well, we we yeah uh, we have. Um, if they see it lying around, yeah. Of course. Yeah, they know how to work mine. They know how to work iPads. It's amazing. Like you forget about it that you know we grew up without this shit. Now it's. Oh yeah, you the can norm. call nine one one without unlocking you your phone. Oh, it too. says
0: emergency in the corner. Yeah. Huh? Should we call? You want to call nine one one? yeah. Do yeah. You, what do you mean? Let's prank them. Where's that? <laughs> In that bottom
1: corner. Do you, have, you don't have a lock code on
0: your phone. I don't do a lock code, yeah. yeah so you don't get this then. You exactly. have to
1: actually physically dial I, I, them. You don't code, have a lock code on your phone? No, it infuriates me that every time I want to respond to a text, I have to enter four other mm-hmm. stupid numbers again. You, I think can, it's dumb. you don't
0: have to. When it comes up here, you can you can respond to a text. You can also do, do the thumb team.
1: unlock thing. I used to do the thumb thing, but that just took too long. Okay.
0: Well, today on the podcast,
1: <laughs> how to steal Stephen's phone. <laughs> steal, just yeah.
0: pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to steal Stephen's phone, super easy. You do not need a passcode. <laughs> just literally just take it out of his hand and you have a new iPhone and run. Run. There's probably some good numbers in there. Yeah. You call some. There's a couple. Yeah. You could prank some celebs. Yeah. yeah. You could probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> call Fat Mike or something. Um, today on the podcast, SD Heim. Yeah. From the band Heim. Uh, been trying to get SD on for so long. Um, unfortunately for her, uh, her band is super successful, so she doesn't have a lot of time. But you guys did a, you've done two sound advices? We've done two sound advices with Haim. Um. Two? Yes. They're one, super funny. One, Danielle wasn't there. I saw one of them. I saw the one where she wasn't there. Yeah, and then we did another one with all three of them in LA, ah. which is also really funny. Uh, Alana and Danielle, also awesome. And so nice Vanessa did a video with twice. them, right? Vanessa was in their music video, yeah. Yes. Was in the music video. So yeah, we've collaborated with them a lot. And, uh... SD, we talked a lot about. She's a big emo fan. So she Phillips? really wanted.
1: To, no. Who doesn't like emo Phillips? The she's on So, <laughs> so we,
0: we always talk about it. And I was like, you should come on the podcast and we should just talk about Say Anything and Taking Back Sunday and all these bands because I think maybe people who listen to him might not
1: realize that. So. Does she have a cut? Does she have a line in the sand about like where emo stops for her?
0: Well, we have. We kind of. I don't know. I don't think she really cares. Like, I think. I don't know we didn't get into like what's emo and what's not but she also really likes pop music which I don't so we talked about that a lot and sort of what she's more the school of like if music makes me feel something I I that's all that matters and I'm more of like if you had some producer write this for you and you didn't play an instrument on it then that bums you out. that bums me out keep in mind she's about a hundred thousand times more successful than me <laughs> so what does that say? But, uh, yeah, she has some really, really, I don't know. I just feel like she's really smart about music. She's a great bass player and is into a lot of bands that we talked to on the rock show. And I always think it's interesting to see people kind of like where that takes them.
1: Yeah, especially that was like their moment in time. We, uh, Jonah, a couple weeks ago, uh, came with me when, um, uh, there's, there's a number of them, but these uh, two guys, uh, Alex Bedanes, do, do a thing called Emo Night here at Brooklyn Bowl. Yes. And they asked me to come by and, and DJ. They've been asking me for a couple of times, and I've never been able to do it on account of children. Um, so I got to do it, and it was so much fun watching that crowd listen to these songs that we used to play all the time, that we were there and we got to see all these bands and stuff, but they might not have been. And I was talking to Trish about it and I was like, wait a minute. Like this is kind of like their their 80s night. Yeah. You know totally. I mean? yeah. yeah. And it was it was like they were having <laughs> a weird, ball. Right? Having an absolute ball. And I remember we were like. You never think about it because when you see the band live, you don't think about it. And then and the the dudes who host it were, they would hit play and then they would just sing along and jump up <laughs> with the crowd. And we're like, oh my Lord, like this <laughs> kind of gobsmacked as it were. And they they get like, um, I think that, you know, they're having like uh, Ryan from Yellow Card is going to come and like DJ and play songs. Oh, Fred Mascherino is there. Yep, Fred was there. You were there. You brought mm-hmm. me on stage. I brought John out. Introduced me. No yeah. cared. <clears throat> Steven might have been pounding the Brooklyn Lodge a little bit that <laughs> night. It <was laughs> <Nice. good>. um, <laughs>
0: And we would, we, while we're on the subject, we would have to mention our friends. Tom and Brian also do an emo night. Oh yeah, of course. At yeah, Jerome's bar in Lower East Side, which is a little bit more catered towards people like us.
1: Well, yeah, but there's it's more like Rainer Maria. Here's the thing, Fred and I talked about that because these kids and and I feel very kind. They're you know full grown adults, but they're in their twenties and they have better jobs than I do. But they, you know, they were kids, and so <clears throat> Fred said, like I made a playlist that was just I ripped off the Rock show. It was like Mike, Hem, the Use, Taking Back Sunday. Like cool. Fred Fred said, yeah, they made me kind of change my playlist a bit because... I said, what? Because you threw in, like, what, Lifetime and the Faith? Like, he went, like, legit emo. Right. Like, like that that emo night is more of, um... It's like the difference between modern rock and alternative rock from back in the day. You know, it went from college to modern. Remember Brad? <laughs> yes, indeed. Because Brad was in probably... You were in a modern rock band, weren't you, Brad? <laughs> Brad was in Collective Soul. <laughs> <laughs> he, he don't know. Collective Soul is not modern rock. Uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> it was like... <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was in a modern rock band <laughs> god would be so together i are irving the other night Collective soul was playing yeah. but tom from like tom from washed up emo like that is like that's straight up like that's like like if you if you want to dive deep you know yes he's uh, he's the man i recently
0: was a guest on washed up emo i don't know when it's coming out but check out washed up emo and if you care about me, me and Tom talked in Thompson Square Park for like an hour and a half about
1: it. I've said it before. If ever there was anyone deserving their own channel on Sirius, it's Tom. Yeah, I agree. Tom <laughs> is awesome.
0: Check, so, yeah, check out their Emo Night Jerome's. Um, and, yeah, check out Heim. They're a uh, struggling up-and-coming band, but they might be playing your town soon. And maybe. They, I mean, I they think yeah. they're working on a new record, so that'll probably maybe you'll see something
1: Taylor, that. somebody's really into them. Oh, yeah, they
0: toured us Taylor something. I don't know. Whatever. Ladies and Taylor gentlemen. Taylor Fast. Esti Heim, I'm going off track. It's going
2: off track! <laughs> Pun away with me.
0: Um, we're here with Esty from Heim. Hi, guys. How's it going?
2: Really good, actually. Um, already been kind of a productive day today.
0: Not for me. You pr- not done, from you. You've done but... a lot more than I have today.
2: Yeah, but... You know, it doesn't mean that you didn't, you know, brighten up my day by being here.
0: Um, what did
2: you... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I did a lot, but
0: what did you, you made it better. Think? What did you do? You woke up?
2: I woke up and I got a croissant, which was really good. A buttery-ass croissant. And then I took the subway to the UN and I took a tour of the UN, which was pretty fantastic and um i saw a piece of the berlin wall okay i saw there's like this really epic rose garden in the back of the u.n it's like really like things that i would have never thought like existed at the u.n and yeah. like all this art from like different countries like presents to america it was just really cool
0: for <laughs> someone who plays in a band called united nations i don't know really anything about the u.n <laughs> <laughs> like I've, we did like a photo shoot there in Reagan, Mass, like five years ago, and that's my
2: only time there. Yeah, I mean, like, do you people re- learn about? I mean, you learned about the UN in school. I'm like, did you do model UN? No. Okay, you just like the name.
0: We have a song called Model UN, but we I never actually did it. I'm kind wow. of a poser, I guess.
2: wow. You're such a poser. I don't like You're so- like the kid in middle school that like had es's but like didn't know how to ollie. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Did you do Model UN?
2: No, I, my school was like super artsy. I went to a, an arts high school and we didn't even have PE. So like having Model UN would have just been like out of the question. Yeah. Like I think PE comes before having a Model UN. I hated PE so much. You would have loved my high school. I wish I had gone to your high school. You, and you also would have like cleaned up. Like every girl... Would have just been like on your nuts, yeah, The that, entire time that
0: was not my high school experience. <laughs> believe it or not,
2: I uh, look. My, like, sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't know. I just I think about that all the time. I think about like all my like my guy friends that went to like normal high school and how like every like every guy at my high school just like there were only five hundred kids, ninety percent of which were girls. It's like, for, yeah, for, like, every guy, what, that there's, like, seven or eight yeah, ladies.
0: But I was wearing, like,
2: Jenkos and, like, at a wallet. She's Are like, you, oh, my God, that was, like, all the rage. You were, like, <laughs> you, like to me, you were just describing, like, the BMOC, like, the big man on campus right now. Like, Janko <laughs> jeans, wife beater, candy. Like, that was, like, my dream guy. Visor, <laughs> spiky blonde hair. What else? Like, yeah, like, either, like... Es's or dv dvss's.
1: Remember were those? those
2: shoes? They were like DVS they, or es, and they, then they were, all, were they like skating skater shoes? shoes. Yeah. yeah, they had like the little like things in the middle of the shoes, so like you can like you can, like there was a thing I guess back in the day. I don't even remember what it's called, but like you used to like not even use a skateboard and just like hop up on railings and just slide down them. I had a pair of those. Right, those were like the I, shit. Yeah. You had a pair of those. I did.
0: I when I was like twenty, turning twenty one, I did a semester in LA, and I interned at Buna Murray, who was doing the Real World New Orleans. Yes,
2: at the time. At the time, so you were like literally in like the heyday. Yeah, like that was my favorite. Like Julie, Julie from Utah.
0: Julie, I became really good friends with Melissa.
2: <gasps> Melissa, she was the first person to for me. Like I, that was the first time I ever heard. Someone say, get into the menagerie. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I met
0: her. Outside. I was working in the music department and I got like Tristezza and all these bands on the show because I was like wow. into all these bands. And then I was in an at the drive-in show and I met Melissa and I was like, hey, I'm entering in music and we became friends. I interviewed her for my zine.
2: Like, in what? LA. I
0: still talk to her actually. Um, but uh,
2: What is she doing now?
0: Um, she's like lives in Long Island and she, uh, she has a kid.
2: She's a kid. She's That's amazing. She seems like she'd be the best mom.
0: She's uh, married to one of the dudes in Glassjaw.
2: Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. So many like facets this, of my world just like yeah. crash together. Yeah, it's true. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: And they live um behind yeah, Long Island or something.
2: That's incredible. That's like the dream. Yeah. <laughs> like have a kid live in the burbs, play music. Yeah, they for live the rest in of your life.
0: a super super Jewish Jewish enclave and their kid's name is Shalom. Their kid's name is
2: Shalom. Yeah. I found out recently that's not necessarily a Jewish name.
0: Really? Cuz it sounds like the most Jewish like, Jewish-y name, ever. name
2: ever, but I met someone who um who's Malaysian actually and his name is Shalom. Really? Yeah. So I don't it, it's kind of like it means peace. Right. So I guess like In any religion, like that's just kind of like a dope name (laughs) to be named like such an epic.
0: Yeah, that is true.
2: It's and it's hello and goodbye. It's like, it's like aloha. Aloha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just thinking that.
2: I was thinking, once I said that, I thought of the band Hello, Goodbye.
0: I was thinking of the band Aloha. (laughs) What band is that? (laughs) They were from Ohio. They were on like
2: polyvinyl.
0: They were like, they had Aloha from Ohio. They were just called Aloha. They were from Ohio, though.
2: But that's like a mouthful.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. We had, um, we had Forrest from Hello Goodbye in the podcast.
2: Forrest Klein, Yeah. The good, man. Good dude. The myth. The, he was on The Real World once. Really? Yes. He was on The Real World. It was like Real World Austin. And it was during South by Southwest. Because I think the, ca- the cast had to work for South by. Okay. And so they had to like interview him for the festival or something. And okay. he did like a little song. I remember being like, whoa, like... Can't, I can't believe it's like Indie Kids on like MTV.
0: Don't you feel like that show for me, I started losing interest when they were like, we're going to give you like a fake job. Like A I felt fake like, job? Like I feel like, I haven't watched it in like years, mm-hmm. but I felt like the last few, like they're like, you're all going to work at a radio station or you're all going to do this oh. thing. And it's like, dude, like no one really cares about this thing. They'd be like, oh, I'm getting like, like reamed out for being late to work. It's like, this right. is like a fake job. Like who cares?
2: Ca- well, but, like, Hawaii, like you didn't like Hawaii, like when they had to work at that surf shop?
0: I didn't see that one.
2: You didn't watch Hawaii?
0: No. Oh, was that, that the was one with like, Ruthie?
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: I saw a little bit of that one. That was like yeah. Ruthie
2: and Amaya and Trevor. <laughs> I mean, clearly, like, I was a little too obsessed with the real world no, for I'm a impressed. long time. I have a friend who lived in New Orleans while the New Orleans real world was being filmed. And he was, like, obsessed and ensconced with um, that season. And I don't know if I'm blowing up his spot right now. I won't say his name. But he used to, like, write notes attached to friendship bracelets and throw it over the... No way. Yes. To the cast members. And I think he actually ended up becoming friends with some of the cast members. But he was just, like, all about it. That house, I think, was, like, the most epic one out of maybe every... Real World House. It's like that one and the one in France. I never Real saw World that Paris. One. Really? Like I, I feel like all of those were like such a big part of. I feel like it fell off once they came back to LA. That was like the last Real World that I watched. Okay. Which was like 2006 or something. 2005. Maybe I saw some of the Back to New York
0: one because they would like film it at places I knew. And that
2: was in 2000, I think. Really. Yeah, that was like. Because they did a a
0: Brooklyn one when I lived here.
2: That's different.
0: That's different. Okay. That
2: was different. Did you ever, like, apply to be on the show?
0: No, but we would watch. Like, when I was there, you had to send in... Yeah, I guess you always had to send in uh, videos. But you also, right after I left, you had to send in videos to be an intern, too. Like, to apply for the internship. I didn't have to do this, but we would... Me and my boss... My boss there was awesome and Uh we would just like, he'd be like, do you want to just like not work today and go to Universal Studios? And I'd be like, sure. We'd like just like- What? Whatever, like do bong hits and like not do anything. And we would just like watch like videos of like interns and people's like the worst rehearsal videos and just like laugh at them.
2: Wait. Okay, wait, because Buna Murray is on the Universal lot.
0: It was right near it okay it wasn't on the lot but for some reason we would just go there sometimes and just like ride ride yes. my boss was like not much older than me and was like super cool
2: and well that's the thing like universal studios is like the most fun yeah. afternoon yeah endeavor you i mean
0: i just remember i would like come back to work and be like soaking wet because we yeah be, like, <laughs> water world or <laughs> jurassic park get in the
2: splash yeah. zone
0: you know it You've yeah. been in the splash zone.
2: I've been in that splash zone. And no poncho. No poncho needed. Yeah. I always thought people that wore ponchos were like such pussies. Why else are you going on the <laughs> yeah, fucking Jurassic Park ride? I agree. Why are you wearing a poncho? I had a um, a Universal Studios like yearly pass for years. And really? then when we went on tour. It was like it was kind of just an expense that was like like I'm not going to be
0: here. Like why do I need it? So we, did you grow up near Universal Studios? I grew
2: up two exits away from Universal Studios. Wow. Um, yeah, Studio City and Universal City are neighbors. Okay. So, and I used to work at CityWalk. Really? Yeah, I worked at the Daily Grill at CityWalk for two years. I was a hostess slash waitress there.
0: When you were a waitress, were you like, I feel like if people gave you attitude, you would give it back to them for some reason. Like, I feel like it would be hard for you to just be like, okay.
2: Well, that was the thing is like at the Daily Grill, most of the patrons were foreigners because it was, it's like a tourist place. So like people were from like Sweden and like people from Sweden are like the nicest people ever. No one ever sassed me. The one thing, the only time that I ever ran into like trouble, I never told you this story. I don't think so. When I worked at, um, I worked at the counter, that burger place. Okay. It's like a chain, but I, um... I worked like right before I got, we got signed, I got a waitressing job um, there and I had just read this article. Someone sent me an article that was like number one accent that gets tipped in America. Like if you you have an accent, Southern, if you have a Southern accent, you get tipped something like it was like 25% more than like if you either, if you don't have an accent or like a different accent, right? So my first week there, I tried it out like to see if it was basically if it was true or not. And it totally worked. And I got tipped like I got tipped so well that week. And then everyone kind of around me picked up on it. And I was like, SC, why the fuck are you acting like you're from like <laughs> I told people that I was from Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> because oh no, or like either Chattanooga or Knoxville, because the one of the girls from um uh 16 and pregnant it was from chattanooga and i really liked her her name is macy can we and, hear your accent so like <laughs> it goes in <into> australian also <laughs> randomly <laughs> sometimes it's awful but no like i would like get to the table and I'd be like hey hey y'all my name's sd i'll be your waitress this uh this afternoon i'm gonna get y'all um some menus and i'll be right back so it's like kind of like It was passable. Yeah. If you were from LA and you heard that, you'd be like, oh shit, she's like so sweet and like- (laughs) Right, right. Like so like humble and hospitable. (laughs) Like, yes. How did she end up here? How? Well, and then they would ask me and I was fucked up. I'd be like, oh, you know, um, I'm just, you know, out here, you know, trying to make things happen for myself. Like sending money back home. It was so (laughs) fucked up. Like when I look back on it, (laughs) it was so fucked up. And then- I, and then I started getting regulars, and I couldn't stop being Southern, right? Because then they—I mean—they'd obviously notice. Like, so then I had to keep doing it. I had to like perpetuate this lie.
0: Did you did like did you tell your sisters about it?
2: I told my sisters about it. People at the restaurant were asking me like, why? Like, that's so weird and fucked up that you're like playing this like weird Southern character. And like, like I got caught a couple times, but one time in particular. My, um, I called my dad because my, um, insulin pump had like popped out and I needed him to bring me, um, extras from his house because I couldn't go to my house. And my dad doesn't have a key to my house. So he needed to bring me like an extra, um, like inserter and, um, set to like put my pump back in. And I had just taken, um, an order from this table of, um, I don't know where they were from, but I was like, they're obviously foreign. I don't know. And um, my dad walks in and I see him like look at me. And then his eyes kind of wander off and I see him looking at someone else. And I'm like, oh, maybe my dad like is going to say hi to like my manager or whatever. But he walks over to this table, the table that I had just been at, and like high fives the guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then looks at me and goes like beckons for me. And I'm like, "Oh shit. Like who who is my dad talking to? Like why is my dad talking to this guy?" And I walk over and my dad's like, "Do you remember Benny? Like we were on we were in soccer together. We were on a soccer team together." And I was like, "Hey." And I'd like and I I should have said this before. I was completely southern when I like when I waited on his table. And then all of a sudden, like they were looking at me like, "You're obviously Mm-hmm. Not southern. <laughs> you obviously lied to us for like your for like your cold open was like a complete lie, and it was really embarrassing. But they like totally like tipped me like an extra twenty bucks because they felt they felt like bad for me. But it was like really embarrassing to be caught, like with. And then my dad was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, why are you t- why are you why do you this weird southern accent?" <laughs> Whatever. And then I stopped. And then, but I I was a waitress there until like the day we got signed. Wow. I just kept working. Yeah. I liked it there. I, li- I mean, I liked all the people that I worked with. It was really fun. It was like a bunch of... It was like all the waiters there were like other musicians and actors and just like really fun people. I liked it.
0: Yeah. A lot of Southerners.
2: That's the thing. Like, strangely enough, a lot of Southerners yeah. were there and a lot of Southerners came in. And like my coworkers would like purposely just be like... Do you know where this little lady's from? <laughs> Go ahead. Like, she's from like this tiny, tiny town near Knoxville, Tennessee, right? <laughs> right? Near Chattanooga? Is that like east or west of Chattanooga? Like north of Nashville? Like,
0: yeah, I would have fucked with you so much.
2: Yeah, though, I, I got fucked with Mad hard. And also, I was like the only vegan working at a burger place. Yeah. So I totally got like ribbed all the time. It was kind of, that was, that was kind of gnarly. I was like, come on, guys. Like, whatever don't be mean
0: yeah not
2: cool not cool so i want to talk about emo okay (laughs) when don't either of us want to talk about emo
0: i always want to talk so we met when you guys played snl yes which was a couple years ago maybe
2: it was november of 2003 oh 2013 i keep doing that forget to add the one yeah november 2013 um yeah it was like it's gonna be two years
0: that is so In crazy. literally a month, two years ago, that's insane. That is insane. That is insane. It's insane. Um,
2: so much has happened.
0: A lot has happened. Um, so we—I don't know how we even started talking about this. Like,
2: you had a guest. Was it? something? Did you have Jesse from Taking Back Sunday on your show? We've had Adam and John
0: have been on.
2: I'm really not thinking of Jesse from Brand New.
0: Never had the, the bassist. No one from brand new has been on. Okay. Maybe we had Max on or Chris Conley or someone.
2: Did you have Matt? Oh, did I just tell? Or did I like did randomly just... mention to you that like I was so excited that day because like Max Bemis added me on Twitter? Yeah, and maybe then something. I like freaked that. out and like almost crashed my car. <laughs> I think I might have like said that. I think I, we might have ha- like hung out around that time. It was yeah. a big day for me.
0: Yeah, which I was surprised by because to me, like, I, mean, I love Max. He's he's great, but I was like, oh, these girls are in this huge band. Like, they, I can't believe they even like, know who Say Anything is. Oh my
2: god. I was, I mean, I remember seeing I remember seeing Say Anything. I remember hearing about them and like getting their um, first like CD, I guess. It was called Junior Varsity. And loving it and then getting their second record. And like, to say like, they put out this record on their own at 16 and they were like these three LA kids and they went to private school or whatever and they put out a CD and I was like and like the music to me was so fun and like so good and like so singable and then I saw them live and I was like they're so good and Max Bemis is a maniac on stage and Kobe Linder's such a good fucking drummer um And we had, like, a couple of mutual friends. Like, it was also fun to, like, go with my friends to, like, see them and then talk to the band after. But I just remember, like, hearing that they had gotten signed. Like, they got signed by Doghouse Records. Like, that's huge. And just being, like... That was kind of, I think, the first time where I was like, wow, like, it's possible. Like, if you, like, just if you, like, do the damn thing. If you, like, make a record, like, it's possible, like, to... If you, like, record music, it's possible to get a record deal. And, like, it's not like this... You know, thing that's like just like a pipe dream, like it could actually be a reality. So were you into
0: like a lot of like doghouse bands, or like were you like drive through? Like what was your? It was like
2: well drive. I loved drive through. I loved Brand New. I I mean there was like a huge hodgepodge and like like at the same time that I got into Brand New, I was also getting into like The Strokes. Yeah. And this is also me coming out of a huge new. Um, metal phase where, like, I was really into like corn and limp biscuit and orgy and really? puddle of mud and Marilyn Manson and Rancid and like Manson isn't really like new metal, but like just like they, just bands that, like your parents. See you listening to and get terrified.
0: Like my, so you were playing. You, were you playing? But ba- you were playing bass at this time. <gasps> yeah. So, I so were playing. you like dropping it down and getting like a five string? And oh, like- I had a
2: five string. I had a five <laughs> string music man because Fieldy had one. <sighs> um Or it was a monkey head. No, it was Fieldy. Fieldy. I read Fieldy. Fieldy's book. I. Can't
0: Fieldy. It's called Fieldy's Said Dream.
2: one person ever. <laughs>
0: The book is so crazy because he's like, I was having sex with my like wife's sister, all this shit. But I was on Whoa. drugs, and then he's like, that he's like, then I found Jesus, and then like Whoa. I apologized, and now everything's great, basically. But it's like their whole story.
2: Is that like a direct excerpt? Like he had sex with his sister. I mean, not with his sister, <laughs> not with his sister, with his wife's sister.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Unless I read the book that wrong, is... and I'm like slandering him. <laughs> But I know, like he had like a really really low point on drugs, or he did something like that. Like he, it's definitely in the book. That's all I remember. Well, from I mean, the book. The story
2: checks out. I'm sure. <laughs> like rock and roll, right? Like yeah. that's rock. Yeah. Like we all want to live out Hannah and her sisters in some weird way, <laughs> I guess.
0: So you were you had your new metal phase. I had a new metal phase. And you're playing your Ernie Ball five my, string. You're, yeah. You're dropping my music dropping a B.
2: That B is soups slow. <laughs> and sometimes if I was really saucy, I'd tune that down. To really get that, what? like, metally like, corn sound. You know what I'm talking I about. I know exactly what you're talking about. That slap it to bass. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I just, I think the thing that changed was, like, I was super into all those bands until I started listening to bands, like, Brand New and... I think that the strokes also like kind of changed everything for me, but then that just kind of opened the thing that really opened um, up those bands to me, honestly, weirdly enough was getting my driver's license. Cause I could actually go see bands and like go discover new music. And right. cause this is like before any type of like the social needs, like the social needs weren't around. So all I had were like message boards so I would like go on I would go on the Say Anything message boards and it would literally be like, What music are you listening to? And like everyone would list like five hundred. Right. And like and then I I discovered like Jets to Brazil and like kind of like the predecessors, like Dinosaur Junior and like all these bands that all the bands that I started listening to were like really into before. Were you into Jets to Brazil? Yes. Okay, I'm obsessed yes, with Justin. And well, like, I just did
0: a live podcast with Blake and Vanessa like two months ago, and Blake played a Jet song. It's like the first time we played one in so long. Whoa! I had, there's like a video of it on YouTube. I'll send it to you. He played Sweet That's Avenue. That's huge. It was crazy. Yeah.
2: How he did he just get in contact with you? He was just like, I, He
0: did the podcast a couple years ago, and I just like sent him an email, not expecting him to want to do it. And he was like, yeah, and then like showed up with. It. I was like. I kind of guitar tech for him. I like set all his stuff whoa, up. Whoa. You can see in the video his that's guitar strap huge. falls off, and I like fix it for oh him.
2: God. What? <laughs>
0: but yeah, I love Jets, and it's. I've been arguing with my friend Patrick a lot because I love perfecting loneliness, and he's like that. Re- the like the third record, okay, which is like kind of the more piano Yeah, weird. Like, but I to- hate.
2: But that's like totally like in line with what they did.
0: Yeah, he's like a kind of a stubborn guy.
2: Is he a little snobby? A little bit. He Tiny
0: likes, bit? He likes a little bit more screamy stuff. Like, he's like a little See, bit more... Like,
2: like, I get that. But yeah. that, like I said, well, then, and then that kind of turned into like me discovering bands like Touche Amore and yeah. like bands like that, which I still, I still like. But I think the things that I, I really go back and actually listen to are like Taking Back Sunday and yeah. Say Anything, like Is A Real Boy was like a huge thing that happened to me in my life. And the, the craziest thing about that record... So, like, I listened to, um, like, everything that Say Anything did. Like, anytime they put out, like, on a message board, I'd hear, like, Max Bemis has, like, a cute, like, an acoustic session, like, somewhere in New York when he's going to school here and plays a new song. And I'd get an MP3 of that. And then um, I got Is A Real Boy and loved it. And then loved the record after that. And then cut to 2013 when working with Ariel. And I was going through my old iPod and I found all these old demos. And eventually I got to the single off of Israel Boy. And I'm playing it. And Ariel look, like, looks at me and goes, Wait, how do I know this song? And I was like, I don't know. How do you know this song? It's a band called Say Anything. And he was like, Holy shit, I produced this song. Which was so weird because, A, again, like, two parts of my life, like, weirdly colliding. I would never have thought that RL even knew who Say Anything was. But he was in The Hippos, right? He was in The Hippos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Were like you into a, The
0: Hippos? A little, tangentially.
2: They're more, like, ska, pop, punk. They're not really emo. There's nothing... Yeah. They're not emo. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he like wrote all the songs when he was like 14, got signed when he was 15, like crazy shit like that.
0: Well, the crazy thing is too, when I was with TBS in Cleveland and Uh I was sending you those photos, they were, Uh their manager, the first band she managed was the Hippos.
2: No way.
0: Yeah.
2: It's like way too much for me to handle. So nuts.
0: So we're like, cause I, were your sisters were they into emo at all? Because I feel like I was like I figured like I would, would like the Strokes would like seem like an obvious like it seemed yeah. like you guys were they were way into the Strokes yeah
2: way way into the Strokes but also like the bands that we were also in at that into at that time were like Rilo Kylie and right. like mostly just L A bands like Phantom Planet and this band called Rooney of course and um. Yeah, but some of the—I mean—I look, I like, I listen back to, like, I can still listen to every single Rilo Kiley record, and like, and I'm not listening to it like just for nostalgia, like sake. I'm actually listening to it because I, I really love the songs and I love the music and I love Jenny and her voice and and everything. She, yeah, she's like a magical goddess. Yeah,
0: she's she's awesome. She's awesome.
2: Um, so there was a lot. I feel like that was a very interesting time for music that actually used instruments does that make sense yes (laughs) okay so i think as a as a girl or just a human being that like played a rock instrument that was a really great time for music um a lot that had a lot to do with the strokes i think but i think for me and my sisters we just loved a we loved just seeing bands like actual bands playing rock instruments that was really inspiring for us So, like I said, like bands like, um, we saw Phantom Planet a lot and, um, I saw Midtown a lot randomly. Oh yeah. Do you remember that band?
0: Yeah. I'm friends with all of those guys. Really? Well, Gabe, Gabe and Rob both live here. So they're around a lot. crazy. Yeah.
2: I loved them.
0: They also real world tie in.
2: They, yeah. (laughs) What was that real world? Like that was a- Chicago.
0: Or was it like a challenge
2: thing? No, 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 no. One of the girls from No,
0: they played the theme song in one of them. They played? They did? Yeah, they were like on the beach and like I think it was like a real world road. It was like one of their it was like that, come on, let's go.
2: They're oh, playing right. on the yeah, beach. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But maybe there was a tie in with um
2: there was a girl on the real, on Real World Chicago that was dating one of them.
0: Yeah, I think it was Rachel. I actually am friends with her too.
2: The blonde one. Yeah. Are they still dating? No. Oh, She's, okay. She's that just was
0: a way, way long time ago. Got you. She's great, though.
2: She, like, had a lisp or something, I remember. Or, like, she kind of had a lisp. She's really quiet. Maybe that's what She's it is. Great. Maybe we just assume that people that have lisps don't <laughs> speak up because yeah. they're embarrassed. It's possible. <laughs> it's fine. I had a lisp, so, like, I... But I was really... I've always just been really loud. I had a... I forget what it's called, but it's when you speak out of the sides of your mouth. Like, you... So, like, you talk like this. And it was because I had braces. Okay. And then once I got my braces off, I think it's because I didn't want to open my mouth. So I talked out of the sides of my mouth. Okay. And then when I got my braces off, it went away.
0: Yeah, you don't have it. I don't have it now. No.
2: And no operation needed or anything.
0: So do you feel like um, I don't really listen to pop music? Um, Punk music. Pop music. Pop music. I listen to a lot of punk music.
2: I was going to say, I was like, but. (laughs) You don't need to lie to me. (laughs) I'm right here. I can't,
0: like, like sort of what you're saying about instruments, like, I just can't get into someone just, like, playing to tracks, like, singing over something. Obviously, like, you guys know a lot about pop music. You're in that world a little bit. I mean, like, what's it like? Are you just, like, like, I just kind of, like, tend to negate when people aren't playing an instrument or writing their own music. I'm like, whatever. Right. But I feel like that's maybe not the best attitude.
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to be the one that's going to, like, sit here and try and, like... Change your mind about pop music, <laughs> right? It's either, it's, it's kind of like you like it or you don't, right? Um, for me, I'm I've always been attracted to really good melodies and feeling, and I, I if music makes me feel something, I'm gonna like it. So there's certain pop music that I listen to, and it makes me feel some type of way, and that's why I like it. And and that's not necessarily even. I'm talking about, like, pop music through the ages. So, like, I feel like you listen to, like, you listen to, like, um, like, I feel like Personal Jesus is a song that, like, you would listen to and be sure. like, this is tight. Well, that's pop music. That's a pop song.
0: Yeah. See, I don't, like, that's what someone's, like, we had a podcast, and someone's like, dude, save the day, that's pop music. It's pop music. And I was it like, no, nah, I don't yeah. think of that as but like, I don't think of that as pop
2: music. But it's, that's the thing is, and especially now, there really isn't a definition of pop. It really, the definition is like just music that's popular. It isn't like a sound that is pop anymore. It's just music that happens to be what's popular right now. Right. And even though it Saves the Day, I guess, isn't necessarily like mainstream, but the melodies are such that like it kind of is as like as accessible to like multiple kinds of people i feel like if someone listened to a saves the day record if they like pop music they would also like saves the day right you know
0: i guess it was weird because i listened to you guys because i met you and you're on snl Mm -hmm. probably never would have like checked it out and then i liked it and i was like i wonder how many other records i just like (laughs) i'm just like assume like that will not be in my world like
2: yeah and i think i mean it's it's also really difficult to just I feel like there's so many things that slip through the cracks for me also.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, But, I mean, I wouldn't, you know... I think that the thing about pop music now that I love about it is that there are really no rules. There's so many different kinds of pop. And, like, pop is borrowing from so many different genres and so many different eras and... I like that. It's also frustrating because it also means like there aren't rules, So it is kind of like the Wild Wild West. So it's like, so like, what do people want to listen to when you really think about it? It's like, what do people want to listen to? And then for me, it's like, I just feel like the music that I want to make, I want it to have a pop sensibility, but I also want it to be classic and I don't want to, I don't really want it to sound dated because like the beauty of like things like, I don't know, like, music from the 60s or the 70s is, like, you listen to those things and they kind of sound timeless in a weird way. Like, the melodies are super timeless. And if they came out now, they'd still be—you'd think that they would, like, still be popular. Like, they'd be—like, any Fleetwood Mac song, if it came out on K-Rock right now, I feel like would be a hit, personally. Maybe. Like, don't you think if, like, Rhiannon was—like, came out now, like, it didn't it didn't exist before. Right. And then this badass, like, lady rocker came out and started singing this beautiful song about a magical wizardress that, like, comes to you, like, with that guitar line. Came out now, maybe with, like, updated, not even updated production, just like it sounded bigger, let's say. Like, it was, you know, it had, like, modern tinges to it. I feel like it would still be really popular it's like a beautiful timeless song i'm just so cynical
0: i'm just like people wouldn't appreciate it now they would like i
2: mean you think so you think I that people know. Are that, you think that everyone's that jaded you have to like if you really think about it i don't even think you're that jaded
0: i don't know yeah I, about sometimes about music stuff i am
2: really yeah i mean i like, guess i'm kind of i think i'm a definitely a glass half full yeah type of lady I, about like the i don't know like the landscape and I just don't have a music.
0: lot of I just sometimes I see the stuff that's popular and it doesn't give me like a lot of faith in like what people are into
2: well there well, there's a difference between like I feel like personally the stuff that I listen to that like is coming out now or has come out like in the last three or four years like the pop stuff is all really good like they're all like really good melodies and Like, the production is cool, like, and that's, like, stuff that's, like, on the radio. Right. Like, pop music. Granted, yeah, there's stuff on the radio. Like, I listen to the radio, and I'm, like, I kind of have to, like... Stop my eyes from rolling all the way back into my head because there's a lot of stuff that just comes out and it's the same song over and over and over again. And I feel like some artists have really just gotten lazy and they're like, oh, this formula works. So, like, I'm just going to make seven songs exactly like it and I'll make, you know, my money from the singles and like, and then I'm sitting pretty. And that's annoying. I agree. But I feel like there also are artists out there that really. I've honed in on the art of songwriting and have really gotten it right. Like I love, I love Florence and the machine and I love her brand of pop music. I love, I mean, the Taylor Swift record, 1989 is, I think is an amazing record and I still listen to it all the time. And it came out a year ago.
0: Like you've probably seen her (laughs) play it. And I've seen her play it a million
2: times and, even like we we played like almost twenty shows with her and I we were out there every single night like it never got old it was always super exciting and it's always fun seeing your friend on stage and like seeing her do her thing and like having a good time doing it and it's obviously so exciting and so much fun and she's such an amazing human being um so I I listen to her record all the time I think it's an amazing record um and like Ella Lord's record I think her records are amazing and. The stuff that she's doing sonically and and lyrically is really exciting. I mean, I, I'm almost I'm also a huge fan of ladies and like female um, singer songwriters, and also all those women do write their own music, which right. is really it's just it's nice to to see women doing that and succeeding. Um, but that's not to say that like people that don't write their music are aren't also amazing. Like, would you not listen to Whitney Houston because you know that she didn't write "I Want to Dance with Somebody"? Right. I mean, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of Whitney Houston. <laughs> 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 I know it's going to be super hard for you to believe. That's really, surprising. but yeah, no. For I mean, me. like, yeah. I mean, like, who am I to like negate someone else's thing? Right. But yeah, I don't know. I just, but, you,
2: but I. That's. I fine. just
0: think it's weird when it's like. Just, I guess, coming from punk and stuff, when I'm like, "Oh, this person is just kind of looks cool and has right. a good voice," and then like everything else is sort of like set Done up. For them. Like to me, like that is just n- I'm just used to like practicing in a basement, like writing shitty songs, oh, like me too. no one really caring about it. So it's just it's just weird to me when it's so. It's just a different thing, and I'm just but, like inherently suspicious, I guess.
2: Right, but there's also some there's something about just the art of like the song. Having a song live, like, separate from the artist itself. Like, a song is a good song is a good song is a good song is a good song.
0: Right. That's true.
2: So, song, like, I don't know. Most of... It was, like, after the like the 50s and the singer-songwriter kind of came to, like, was the most popular thing on the planet. Like, every... Joni Mitchell, James Taylor... Joan Baez, Bob Dylan, like, then it kind of became important for the artist to also write the song. Right. And then the 80s came around and then it wasn't again. And you had all these pop stars that weren't writing their songs. And then it became important again, like with Nirvana and like all these rock bands, like grunge bands, like becoming popular. And then... And then the late 90s happened and then it wasn't important again. So it's kind yeah, of that's like... true. It kind of ebbs and flows. I've always just... I've been able to separate the artist from the song. A lot of people aren't able to do that. As in like, if they think the artist is a shitty person or like they don't like their personality or don't like the person, they're not going to like their music. I've kind of been able to... I've always just been able to separate them. Like if I like the person's music... But I don't necessarily like think they're like either the coolest or like the best person. I'm still a fan of their music, you know. So, I I I I also then listen to music differently than you, right? Because I don't think you're able to do that.
0: I don't think so either.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So is that why you like my music so much? Because you like me as a person? I mean, that
0: definitely. I mean, I, (laughs) I like your music, but I like you as a person too. So it's like it does
2: help. It yeah. definitely helps if you like the human being that's yeah, like it helps putting the music out there, but the eagles are also like a hot button yeah. topic amongst my musician friends because it's either you like them or you hate them. Yeah. There's no like middle ground. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. I would
0: peg you. As someone who likes the Eagles. I
2: love the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Eagles. That's what I think
0: of the Eagles. You hate the Eagles. (laughs) You You fucking hate the
2: Eagles. Yeah. Every
0: time I hear the intro to Hotel California, I'm like, oh (laughs) oh my God. Someone change it. Help, please.
2: (laughs) But then like, don't you hear like, witchy woman, like the intro to witchy woman?
0: Take it easy, I think it's okay. That one I can get into, but to me like that doesn't sound like the Eagles or something.
2: Or, like, when Joe Walsh joined the band, like, okay, granted, like, yeah, Joe Walsh was in the band when they made Hotel California, but, like, Life in the Fast Lane?
0: No? no? I can't. No, I can't. I
2: can't. <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking love that song. Do you remember
0: when they did that, I'm sure, you, that Hell is Over thing? Yes. And they had that, like, that, like, young, like, cool guy with, like, long hair on bass?
2: Yeah. Was that, that, like... That's, um, he's not young,
0: I guess he was like relatively...
2: Younger. Yeah, he's probably like 40 or something. Yeah, he wasn't like a kid. (laughs) Like they had like some like younger... He wasn't like Wolfgang Van Halen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I've also seen them like in concert and they're odd. like obviously like they're amazing musicians and they're really great live. But yeah, they're definitely polarizing.
0: Here's here's something interesting about Mm. me. Okay. not an Eagles fan, but I do like some Don Henley solo stuff.
2: Okay, so, and that's, his his solo record is pure pop. Boys of Summer, pure pop. And, I'll, wait, what was the band that covered them?
0: Oh, Code 7
2: or something? No, 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 no. At- the Ataris.
0: The Ataris, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, and that version is amazing also. I I like bought that on iTunes when it came out for sure.
0: Black flag sticker on a Cadillac. Yes, instead
2: of a deadhead sticker. (laughs) I saw a black flag sticker (laughs) on a Cadillac. Like that song. Well, the way that Don Henley wrote that song is Pat Benatar was recording um, Love is a Battlefield in the studio next door. And Don Henley was writing his solo record in the studio. And he heard that drum beat came in and was like, wow, this is really cool. Do you guys mind if I take that drum beat? And then he took that drum beat and wrote Boys of Summer over it. I guess, yeah. I guess
0: I wouldn't think of that as pop music even though it totally is.
2: It's it's pure pop music. (laughs) Yeah. Those melodies. That's the other thing about the way that Don Henley writes music is like everything is a hook. Right. Every melody, every drum beat, every guitar line, like everything, every part of it is hooky. And, um... There's one song that he sings, um, even if, even if you uh, don't love me anymore. Heart trying of the Heart of the matter. Yeah. That whole chorus has like four hooks. It's like, I'm trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my, and my friend need to scatter, but I think it's about forgiveness. Like that, like that's a completely different part that's so hooky. It's just, it, it's so good. I, I think he's an amazing songwriter, and yeah. he was the drummer of the band. It's that's like, true. It's, it's like him and Phil Collins, man. That was my first concert. Phil Collins, 80, no,
0: 1990, I think, or ninety one. But seriously, tour.
2: Okay, that that's pure pop music. Yeah, Phil Collins.
0: I, th- I was thinking of this was like adult contemporary or something.
2: No, no, like. Um, Easy Lover. Yeah. Dun, 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 It's like, it's all pop.
0: So this is actually really interesting because I've talked about this on the podcast too. Like Phil Collins specifically. Okay. Don't you feel like there's no way you could have a pop star like Phil Con- I wrote a comic like this for Vice. Like there's no way you could have a pop star like him now. There's no way. Because he was just kind of this regular looking middle-aged dude no. who wrote these songs. Like, especially songs like, um... Uh, what's that one like? Another day in paradise, where it's like the whole song is basically about like homeless people, and like yeah. I was just like so depressing.
2: Unless you're Crystal Waters, you can't really sing songs about being homeless. Yeah. Speaking about Phil Collins, I think that he came out of being in one of the biggest bands in the world, right? Genesis was huge, and um, my
0: second concert, Genesis, we can't dance.
2: So you're so you were like obsessed.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know, like, that was, like, before... Then, like, my third concert was, like, Guns N' Roses Skid Row. So, it's, like... Well, and that's, like, the complete opposite side. Yeah, but I, I think, like, I was, like... I saw them in 91. So, I was, like, 13. So, I felt like when I was, like, 10, And they were, was, like, like,
2: like, falling off by then.
0: It was the User Illusion tour. But this is fucking crazy, too. I'm sorry to take a side note. User Your Illusion tour. But the albums kept getting pushed out. So, they did the tour, and the uh-huh. albums weren't even out yet. Like, they had all the merch... All this stuff, and they played songs off it, but the user illusion one and two weren't released because they got pushed back, and they Why? did the tour anyways.
2: Why were they getting pushed back? I have
0: no idea, but can you imagine a band like being like a band that like the biggest band being like a record got our... pushed back, we're just gonna do the tour with all the merch and play the songs, even though you can't get the record
2: I mean that's super reminiscent of our experience as a band, really? well, because we started touring. We put out our first EP in February 2012 and then immediately started like touring after that. Okay. Our record didn't come out till 2000, September 2013. Wow. So we were touring all these songs and like all the songs on our record and some songs we weren't playing live that were on the record. But like 80% of the songs on the record were just being played and like... The only recordings people had were like live recordings, and we had merch and we had EPs, but we didn't have a record out. And so people would—that was like the running joke was like, "Where, like, you guys have been a band since 2007 and you don't have a record out?" Like,
1: right.
2: That's it's the it was the most bizarre way of like putting out a record. But if anything. It was cool because I think that by the end of it, by the end of the tour cycle, like, people really just were like really wanting the music, which was a good feeling.
0: And then it's like two years later and you've been in the road the whole time. We're like, where's your next yeah, record? Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, <laughs> where's record number two? And we're like, we're making it like we're in the process. Like it takes, It doesn't, it's not like it takes us a long time, but like we want it to be something that we're proud of and that is really good. And You know, I don't want to put, like, half-assed music out. What's the point? Right. You know? I couldn't, like, look at myself in the mirror. Now I can look at myself in the mirror and know, like, I put out a record that I like. Which is, which a lot of artists actually can't really say, I feel like. A lot of artists, I feel like, get really, like, pushed either by their label or maybe even by themselves. But to, like, put something out as soon as possible. And then come up with something that's mediocre. And I just feel like that's almost the worst thing you can do as an artist because that's—it's not like it ever goes away, you know. Like you can't just like all of a sudden take away every copy of the record that's well, out. Especially
0: because it's like so much of your identity. Like I feel like it's like your last name. It's like you and your sisters. Like it's like it's so much. Everything of, about <laughs> yeah my
2: life. It's just kind of encapsulates everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be able to like. I feel like I wouldn't be able to function as a human being. So I have to make sure that I love what I'm making and I'm 100% behind it um but yeah I think that's what kind of goes it comes with the territory when if you're a person that makes the music and writes the music and plays the music and a lot of times produces the music and we do all of it but I wouldn't be able to do it any other way and even like and Joni Mitchell was talking about how as an artist um she went one further and was like, if you're not producing your own music, it's not your own music. So like, not only do you have to like write it and play it and sing it, right. you also have to produce it in order for it to be authentic to her, which I thought was... I, I, like, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that there's something to be said about having a, someone to bounce ideas off of and kind of collaborate with when you're trying to take your ideas out of your head and put it on wax. I don't know if you... I think you can help in that process, but I think just doing it on your own, you're kind of like, it's like a person that writes direct stars in a movie and then also edits the movie. I feel like you're just too close to the project to really, yeah, you know?
0: And then not everyone, I feel like, Certain people just are better at some things than others. Than others, yeah. But
2: I always thought that was kind of aggressive. I love that she's going that far. That's like far. Louis C.K. style.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mitchell's <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> Joni Mitchell is the or Louis C.K. is the Joni Mitchell of comedy. Yes, exactly. Wow. I don't think anyone's ever said something so nice about Louis C.K. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I think I think that Phil Collins. Is definitely an outlier. Yeah, super outlier. I think that he built a career in a certain way, and that allowed him to make the music he was making. I mean, like when he did in the air tonight. What year was that? Like eighty three, eighty four. Like Like early, early eighties. And he'd been in in like Genesis since like the late sixties, early seventies.
0: How much do you think the new Heim record is going to sound like Phil Collins?
2: In my dreams, it sounds a hundred percent like <laughs> Phil Collins. <laughs> In my wildest dreams. Honestly, like no bullshit. I wish. I think that I think that he's one of my favorite him and like him and um another guy that went solo. Oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? In your eyes.
1: Oh, Phil Peter Collins. Gabriel. Peter
2: Gabriel. Yeah. So um yeah, like and again, like Pop music that they, that they were making is super smart, and like, like Kate Bush does pop, is is a right. pop, it does pop music, but her pop music, I mean, her brand of pop music is super like. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to talk about Kate Bush because I think she's so magical, and I just end up using all these like really flowery words to describe her, and um, but. Their their brand of pop music and the way they write pop music is very very, um, it's it's definitely in its own insular bubble, and and um, not necessarily. I feel like I feel like people use elements of their music now so much because I think that it, there's the way that that they're music sounded is just so cool and also i feel like the 80s are like back in a big way right would you agree true. yes I the agree 80s are that. definitely back in a very big way and we were i mean i would be lying if i if i said that i wasn't inspired by um music of the 80s and the sounds of the 80s and you know there were all these brand new things that came out in the 80s that made music sound the way that it sounded. And I think that's why people think that sometimes it's cheesy, but like all these amazing compressors and like cool ways of recording came out in like 82 or 83. So like music of that time, some of like the biggest songs of all time were from like 1984, like Like a Virgin, all those Michael Jackson songs, like the biggest songs of all time, like biggest selling songs all came from like that one year. And it's because I, I think, at least, because the technology was available for these like big sounds and compressors and drum machines and um, so yeah, music it's that's also a very polarizing conversation. It's like, do people either love or hate music from the 80's? You don't really get that with any other decade.
0: Yeah, because it's so distinctive. Like, I feel like now it's not like I feel like. Do you think people are going to hear music in twenty years? But that sounds like it's like from two thousand thirteen.
2: Like, and what would you? No, I feel like it's. I think music from two thousand even to now sounds really homogenized. It all sounds like it kind of came from the same. I agree. Era. Yeah, and it's almost twenty years in the making. Whereas you don't really hear that with like music from like nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety. So different. So much shit happened between them. Do you think maybe
0: we just don't have the perspective now? Like it's not...
2: I don't think it's the perspective. I think that... I don't think anyone's ever trying to like reinvent the wheel. Hopefully not because a a good song is a good song. But I think that just the way that things... I mean, I, I think about like pop music over the last... Like since 2000, one of the big, I mean, the big records and big things that come to mind obviously are like boy bands were like huge in the, like the early 2000s. And then that begat Justin Timberlake, which begat Future Sex Love Sounds. And I feel like when that came out, that changed what pop music sounded like. All of a sudden there were like these like crazy, like, he said that like his biggest influence on the record was like In Excess. And now when I listen to it, I'm like, I totally hear that. And again, that's 80s. Right. Um, So like those synths and like the way that he was like phrasing melodies and things. And that's still kind of how people are making pop music now. Like it's it all kind of comes back to, I think, that record in particular. Um, I don't know if it's people... It could be people or just... Maybe our generation is... Is just kind of complacent and like likes the music that we're making and likes the music that's coming out and so we're like yeah like it works like and it's good yeah so we're just all kind of I don't really I don't really hear a lot of things nowadays that surprise me does that make sense totally like I hear music and I'm like oh yeah that makes sense um and I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. Um, but I do know that for me, what's most important in, in music is the song and a good lyric and a really strong melody and fun production and not taking yourself too seriously. And when all those things collide, I'm like, Oh, I like that artist. I like that music. But I I mean, yeah, there isn't really a lot of music now that I listen to. That's like from now I'm still listening to like the same things that I was listening to like 10 years ago. Um, I'm still listening to emo, and I'm still listening to say anything, and some of that stuff, like I said, like still holds up. Some of it doesn't, right? Um, do you, I mean, do you still listen to like Daisy?
0: I was never really a big brand new fan.
2: You weren't a brand new fan, yeah. No,
0: but I'll still, oh. I'll still pull out. Like I still listen to Saves a Day. I'll still okay. listen to like, yeah, I'll listen to that stuff once in a while do you
2: listen to dinosaur did you ever listen to dinosaur yes
0: i was just listening to jay mascus last night okay live at cb's the acoustic thing he's one of my favorite guitar players
2: oh okay i didn't know that
0: yeah yeah so i'll listen to him
2: i saw them at the troubadour a couple years ago yeah like a tiny show um and it was amazing and i cried and that's 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 the other thing about that music is it does make me emotional yeah It makes me super fucking emotional. You know the one band that I never necessarily got into that was like I think kind of the spearhead of the emo, of like popular emo was Dashboard Confessional. Yeah. Like I liked it, but I wasn't like... Over the moon about it. I, was, I think Chris Carrabba's cool.
0: Yeah, I was working at AP, like right. So uh-huh. AP was like new metal when I joined. It was like 2002, and it would be like Cold Chamber one month, and then like New Found Glo- Like it was like between Warped Tour, uh,
2: what a weird time, and new
0: metally. And I joined like they. I think they hired me because I did like a punk zine, and I was like really. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I remember the, fir- the the big turning point to emo with AP, which it still is. And this was like whatever 15 years ago, we mm-hmm. did a Chris Caraba cover, and there was like a door to his heart. And there was, like, like someone standing in uh, it. And it was the cheesiest thing ever, and it sold so well. I think oh, they were like, let's do this. of course
2: it did. Of <laughs> it course it It was, like, a total did. test.
0: And then we were like, I think, like, Cold Chamber and, like, Creed, whatever, we can stop putting this on the cover. Mm, let's do Good Charlotte or Ache whatever. he
2: did, like, Jarl bands?
0: Yeah. Totally. Crazy. Limp Bizkit was on the cover, Cold Chamber, ICP a bunch of times, Corn. No, I'm not, really all- like,
2: Jarl, like, Creed?
0: Yeah, Creed was on the cover.
2: Creed was on the cover. 100% Creed
0: was on the cover. That is so interesting to me. Yeah.
2: Not that I don't... I have nothing against Creed. It's just I wouldn't really peg AP as like championing them or anything. They were totally
0: on the cover right before I started. Probably like 2000 or something.
2: Like that whole era of music was just so confusing. It was amazing, but it was super confusing. There were so many different... I feel like it's... I think the end of every decade is kind of like... The, like, when music's about to have, like, a like a turnover. Like, and it's either, like, it's either this massively amazing point in music at the end of the decade, or it's just, like, something needs to change, and, like, we'll wait till the next decade. I feel like the end of the 90s, there was such a mishmash of... It was, like, pop music. It was, like you, like, the TRL generation. It was, like, you saw in the countdown, you saw a Nelly video next to a Britney Spears video next to a Korn video. And they were all in the top 10. Now, if TRL was around, there's no way that like, there's no way that those, like anything like those three bands would ever be anywhere near each other. Like there's such a obvious like disconnect, but at the same time, all those bands, all the bands like alternative hip hop and pop all borrow from each other. So it's almost like they are the same band. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. So, it's a really weird time in music right now. Weird in the sense that there are no rules, like I said, but also it is kind of exciting that there are no rules. And that an indie band can, like, borrow, like, sounds and beats from, like, a Kendrick Lamar song and then also, like, sing, like, a an Ariana Grande melody over it and, like, they can still put it out and it's okay.
0: Or a Say Anything fan can perform with Nellie and Taylor Swift in front of... I
2: mean, just imagine that for a second. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> like if Taylor got together... Like Taylor did a song with Kendrick. And I don't think it would be that out of the ordinary for like them to also do a song with like... If like Kendrick did a song with Taylor who all, and then it got... Or like how Ryan Adams redid... Totally. 1989. You or know? how
0: Taylor wrote with Jack who in Steel Train.
2: Yeah, exactly. Jack Antonoff, shout out. I love Jack. Um, but yeah, and I loved Steel Train. I saw Steel Train was one of the first bands I ever saw at Coachella. They're playing the main stage. Really? Yep. 2006? 2007, maybe? Um. But yeah. I don't think that that would be that out of the like stuff like that isn't out of the ordinary. Right. Now, I guess. Because like I said everyone's borrowing from everyone else. You know, there's no I feel like there really aren't genres anymore. Or there's just a million subgenres if you really think about it. I don't know. It's exciting. It's also scary and daunting, but I don't know. I think that the next couple years are going to be really interesting when it comes to music and what it's going to sound like.
0: Thank you so much to SD for taking the time to come in. Um, Like I said, it took a really long time to set this up because she's very busy. So, being successful and being successful and and, yeah, (laughs) and doing crazy stuff like playing on Saturday Night Live and. Opening for Taylor Swift. Opening for Taylor Swift and, I don't know, other stuff that's probably more exciting than whatever. Than coming in here and sitting in a chair in a dark room with you? Yes. Also, I'm sure is on the list of one of her
1: favorite things she's <laughs> yeah, Where can I go talk about Long Island Bands? We've got that. <laughs> we have yeah. it. It of, exists. This is talking about fashion and all this
0: stuff. I want to talk about Taking Back Sunday. Mm-hmm. In a windowless room. In a windowless room. <laughs> <laughs> with the guy with the mustache. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thanks, Esty, for coming by. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, you can donate at goingofftrack.com. Give us a buck. Give us a buck. to As if,
1: um, as if we were, you a barista or a waiter, you were shortchanging. And in fact, if the waiter's shitty, you should tip more. That's kind of how I see. If the waiter's shitty, you should tip more. Yeah, they might be having a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. That's
0: not the way a tip works, yeah. my friend. You're supposed should, to encourage them to do a better job. Hey,
1: what's the company that's like getting rid of tipping? It's like a, a restaurant chain. Oh, I saw an article about that. Yes, I yeah. can't remember. But There's a like, big movement in the whole United States to do yeah, this. We'll charge more so you don't have to pay more yeah. because you're paying it fucking yeah. anyway. anyway.
0: I love, I've love. i gone on Yahoo Answers just because I always go on Yahoo Answers. And I'll, there'll be people that are like, I don't tip ever. And they're like, it's awesome. Like, because it's like everything's just cheaper and then there will just be like a litany of people being like you suck. This is this
1: is how someone gets like not my responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> it's their fucking responsibility. That's hilarious. It's like um, when you it's like when you go to um uh like a street fair and they're like we're taking donations. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to go buy some socks. <laughs> suck it. You made the rules. Yep.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, uh if you don't want to donate a dollar, fine. Don't. Uh, Don't We're going to put
1: it out anyway So I guess fuck us, right? Yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right Yeah You you literally have no incentive to donate Because we're going to do it either way You're winning already But Aside from that flaw in logic You can just go Leave us a nice review on iTunes That's free Um, It takes about 30 seconds So hopefully you have that much free time If you can spend an hour listening to a podcast That's way more work than giving a
1: dollar Who wants to do that? That's true Mm. (laughs) You can also just follow us on Twitter You can give us money or work and write
0: yeah. Or you can I don't why am I even still talking? No one's listening to this. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Uh I
1: could listen to this for
0: fucking days. It's like the planet at some point won't even exist and it will be like none of this happened. Thanks to SD for coming by. We'll be back next
1: week. Bye. Entropy. <laughs>